right, and we are go. Welcome, everybody, to Real Talk number 12 as part of the Tragedy of the Cinema podcast and the Evil Never Dies podcast collaboration continues all forward. Best thing in the world going on here. I am your host, Kyle Zayner, and with me today, I am joined by Brett, and we'll do the whole rotation right there. So, Brett, introduce yourself real quick, and then we'll go through the process of the list that I established a minute ago. I'm Brett with the Evil Never Dies podcast. Jeremy, it's on you. Jeremiah, you're number two. I'm Jeremiah. First time on here. Welcome. Thank you. I'm Carl Todd with the Evil Never Dies podcast. Then we go to Tanya. I'm Tanya. First time. <laughs> and I'm Jimbo, usually the normal moderator of these, but I changed things up and decided to give my co-host Kyle from the Tragedy of Cinema podcast a shot at this. We'll see how epic he fails or succeeds tonight <laughs> patrick good to you oh hey i'm patrick he watches a few movies i'm tiffany i just like hanging out with the rest of you guys so hello Fantastic. So we got the gang all here. Some new, some returning. Might have Christine on later tonight. We'll see how she goes. She's carrying coming home right now. Didn't know we were doing a live show. We need to give her a better notice next time. So we'll see how it goes. But moving forward here, we got to do a kind of a, a question and answer period where I ask one uh, overall question. Then we have everyone else answering the process the best way they possibly can. So um, going here with a little more timely in the news area. Um, Barbie just released last week at huge success levels. And uh, it's looking like a blockbuster success, which uh, is pretty uh, insane, if you ask me. I didn't, I wouldn't expect this movie to be that big. I'm really happy for it. That's good news. I'm going to see it later tomorrow, actually. Um, but after this news, Mattel, the rights owner, announced they're essentially going to try and do their own little MCU of causing a huge franchises of all their intellectual properties for toys. And I'm going to go through the list here right now. And uh, after I go through the list, you tell me which property you probably would most like to see as a uh, as a, a movie property going forward and if you think they'll succeed in making if if anyone can succeed in making a kind of new giant cinematic dynasty or universe something like that here so starting with the list of mattel's properties these are 14 properties that are already in active development including barney <laughs> the purple dinosaur i believe holly <laughs> pocket which i know absolutely nothing about hot wheels which personally probably gonna be pretty excited Magic 8-Ball. I, I don't know how that's a movie property. <laughs> Uno. yeah. Which For the Spanish audience, that's going to be great. I can't wait to get the sequel to Uno series. You know, Uno 2, Uno 3. <laughs> it's called those. <laughs> no, no, exactly. yeah. Be reverse. Draw four. <laughs> yeah. Rock'em Sock'em Robots would be the next property they're going forward there, too. Um, but they tried that Regal Steel a few years ago. I like the movie a lot. Maybe they tried the same thing again. Yeah. But Rock'em Sock'em Robots officially this time. Christmas Balloon, which is, I didn't know that's a property. <laughs> Seems like a concept. Thomas and Friends. I don't know if that's actually the Thomas the Train Engine, I think, possibly. I don't know if that's what they own or not. Yeah. American Girl. Viewmaster. Matchbox. I believe that's like another Hot Wheels offshoot, actually. Matchbox car sets, if I remember that correctly. <laughs> Wishbone. Magic. Uh, oh, Major Matt Mason. Don't know anything about that. And <laughs> He-Man Masters of the Universe. So I'm sure we can get some clear wins in that list. But starting with Brett, which of any of those properties would you like to see made into a movie? And do you think Mattel will succeed in making these movies something worth seeing? 
I would have to say the Hot Wheels. Hot Wheels. <clears throat> have you? Have you? There, there's a show on NBC, I think, where they're making these Hot Wheels cars out of old junk cars. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So Bradley they have do- that already. It's called Fast and the Furious. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's fair what's your all junk <laughs> yeah okay jeremiah oh actually uh, brett do you think that do you think they actually can can do it though do you think they can make a new cinematic universe oh or? yeah they could make a good hot wheels movie i think mm-hmm. <laughs> are you talking live action or cartoon or I think the idea that all these projects are going to probably be like big budget live action movies. I think they want to be serious movies going forward. Yeah, I think they could pull it off for sure. Uh, I'd be curious to see it as well. And maybe it will be Vin Diesel starring there. Oh, look at that. We got Christine in the house. We're joining you. Yeah, no, 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 no. There Hello. she is. Hi. <laughs> Christine. Hello. Okay. I'm here. Fantastic. You guys hear me? We can yes. hear can. Okay, awesome. Tiffikins is not last anymore now. Exactly. So you will be following uh, Tiffany, Christine. I'm following Tiffany? Okay. Yep. And we just started, and Kyle just asked this question. Kyle, you want to repeat the question real quick? Sure. I'll repeat the question for you. And the the, the overall question is, uh, um, with Barbie success, Mattel announced that they're um, um, developing projects based on all their intellectual properties to make big budget live action movies again. And I'm going to go through the list here and you tell me which one you'd be most excited to see a new big budget based off of. And if you think Mattel will succeed in making that movie. So I'm going to give you a list of those properties here right now. The first in the list is Barney, the the purple dinosaur. Polly Pocket, I know nothing about. Hot Wheels, which was Brett's answer for his personal choice. Magic 8-Ball. Uno, the card game. Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Christmas Balloon. Thomas and Friends, I believe that's a Tank Engine series. Mm -hmm. American Girl. Viewmaster. Matchbox. Wishbone. Major Matt Mason. And Masters of the Universe. So... Mull your, mull your mind over, get that kind of question going, and then after Tiffany, you give your answer, and we'll go back to me, and we'll then keep the next question, okay? Okay. Sounds good. All right, so after um, Brett finishes answer there, the Hot Wheels, Jeremiah, um, what was your, what's your thoughts on it? Uh, definitely He-Man. Um, and, dear God, nothing like the Dolph Lundgren one back in the <laughs> 80s. <laughs> I, I think that that one, they didn't even call it He-Man. It was just simply Masters of the Universe. And uh, that was an abomination. Um, if anything, <laughs> I, I, I think that they should have Dolph Lundgren in there as a cameo, just kind of a, a you know, inside joke chuckle for those who have been around long enough. And uh, I can really see that one taking off because of just how many different characters Bad guys, characters. I mean, and you even have that spinoff of She-Ra that could possibly be a property that they could take and bring those together. So I really hope that they do that one well. Um, I know Kevin Smith uh, did, uh, did a rework of the animation, and he has, I think, two seasons of that up on Netflix. And I like that, but I would really like to see a, a them do it justice on a live action. Yeah, I'm curious if Kevin Smith will be involved in that live action kind of project. I, I think it would be awesome if he did, because I really love Kevin Smith. So so you think they can do it right, though? They can probably do it justice? 
after seeing what he did with it on Netflix, I think that he should be brought on board to help put that one into fruition as a live action. Yes. Hey, Jeremiah, is that the one where the first season wasn't He-Man? It was all about Tila, where she became (laughs) He-Man, basically. No, 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 it's it's, it's He-Man. Okay. You watch that one where He-Man lost his power or whatever, and, and, and she took over? Hey, Laura, oh, can she you like, She was missing for a few minutes, I believe. Oh, we got Laura joining in here. I don't see her on video yet, though. I don't know if she can hear us. Oh, she's connecting she's right now. audio. So that might be her, Dave, her husband, the one that was trying to join. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. We'll give her a few moments to join. And uh, But first, uh, how about we just pass it now to Carl, let Carl answer, and then um, we'll go mention Laura if she's able to successfully join here or uh, Dave, the husband, or whoever actually is joining. Yeah. So, Carl, go ahead. Well, I think what they just said, for me at least, the Hot Wheels or the He-Man would be the way to go. Um, With Hot Wheels, I guess they could go in many different directions. I don't really know that it would be a retread of the Fast and the Furious. Mm -hmm. The He-Man thing, they have done a lot. You know, they had the cartoon in the 80s. They had the Dolph Lundgren movie and the stuff on Netflix. And honestly, I don't know that it would succeed, much like the G.I. Joe movies have not worked. So far as Polly Pocket and whoever that is, I don't know who they are. <laughs> Me no savvy. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, Maybe they would have more success with that. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you for your feedback on there. Let's pass it off to uh, Tanya. <laughs> see what Tanya thinks. Do you have any particular property you like there? Or you don't care at all? <laughs> He-Man. He-Man. Definitely. I I grew up with He-Man and She-Ra. Shira was my first crush. <laughs> so I I feel like I feel like they've done so much with superheroes, whether it be from cartoons, Batman turned into something absolutely huge. I don't know if they could pull it off. But I, I'm 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 in for it. I would love to see it. I, I, I see what you're putting there. Yeah, I think it's a tricky brand to get right, He Man, because it's it's something it, it's so it's so high fantasy, but sometimes it's it's wants to play directly to children in a way that like needs to be simplified, and it's hard to meet that middle ground just right where it's entertaining for all audiences. I think, and like you can really kind of. It's it's an easy line to it's an easy thread to cross and just mess up on one side or the other where it's like it's either too up its own butt with fantasy or it's way too dumbified for a simple audience and like it's you know it's all about hitting that thread just right where it feels entertaining yeah but I appreciate that Tony thank you very much yeah right. okay Jimbo let's move on oh, to you and oh you know I've got a lot to say. <laughs> number one the Masters of the Universe movie could have been so much better in the eighties if they would have had Orko instead of that stupid troll. And mm-hmm. could have named them Beast Man and Merman, uh, you know, and not have these other idiots running around. Mm-hmm. I still like the movie because Frank Lagalia Skeletor was fantastic and Dolph Lundgren is He-Man. I think the easiest choice would be Masters of the Universe, but I wouldn't want to see it as a movie. I'd rather see it either as a uh, Amazon Prime series like they did with the new Lord of the Rings or maybe a series. But I want it to be live action. I don't want Kevin Smith cartoons. I want it to be live action. But I'm not taking the easy way out. So I picture, if you will, that you would not uh, be sold on this trailer. Brett Stepanoff 
stumbles from his drunken stupor. He heads down the hallway. He sees a ladder. He pulls the ladder down. He climbs up to the attic. He hears a noise. He goes over to this big old chest. He opens the chest, and he sees something down there glowing. What does he do? He bends over. He picks it up, and he looks into the Viewmaster. And one one click of the button, he is transformed to the image that was in the Viewmaster. And the episode is Brett trying to get back to his home world for the entire episode. And then every time he clicks it, it goes to the next episode. He could go somewhere else, somewhere else. You know what I mean? If you had those things as a kid, you you may be riding a horse in a cowboy scene one. Then you would be at a Christmas tree farm in the next one. But I think that would be a very interesting uh, movie if they could get it to go. Um, but I wasn't going to take the easy way because obviously Masters of the Universe is the answer. Probably the only answer. For you, yeah. That kind of reminds me like a uh, Jumanji meets Twilight Zone kind of like, you know, where you're you're entering into the world of that particular little uh, square that, you, you know what I mean? Or, you know, Mattel could even say, hey, this is, they could just call it Mattel Creations. And each episode of a Netflix series could tackle Hot Wheels, Viewmaster, all their different creations, and even some new uh, properties that they introduced to this. It could be huge. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's something like it's it's kind of a benefit that some of these properties are so largely devoid of any real kind of like lore or things that set up to them, like a, the simple concept of just like the Viewmaster is a toy, but using it as an almost like a transportation device to alternate worlds, like you give the Viewmaster right there. You know, there's a lot of moments where like you can put anything you want onto this core concept of the Viewmaster or Imagine 8 Ball or something like that to of crafting your own story. So that's an actual, that's also an extra opportunity for creative. So I'm curious to see movies like that going forward as well. Um, okay, well then, thank you, Jimbo, for your take on there. Patrick, we're ready to move on to you. If you like, I can go through the list again if you forgot any of the mentions or if you have an answer already planned. We'll go for it. No, I, um, you know what? I would go see a Masters of the Universe done right movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say Rock'em Sock'em Robots, but Real Steel was really good. I enjoyed it. I, you know what? So I don't think they need to go there, but I don't know. I, you know what? I didn't know what to expect going to see Barbie. So if you, you go in there with no expectations, any of those could, could do well. I understand what you mean. So yeah. Patrick, you're enough. <laughs> <laughs> People that have seen the movie will understand. That. <laughs> I, think I know the concept Patrick, of the movie so far. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, Patrick, thank you again for that take right there. We're ready to move on to Tiffany here. Tiffany, what's your take on this whole thing? Right, go I, think, <laughs> I think um, He-Man would probably be the most successful, but I want to see a Magic 8-Ball movie. I want to see what they could do with that. Kind of like what James was saying, there's a lot of free room that they could play with as far as like the fantasy aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And I think it'd be really, really cool. I think if they did anything in Magic 8-Ball, I think I would go, like, if I were doing it, I think you'd go something spooky, something like a spirit possession. Yeah. 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 Kind of like a darker set theme to it, but I thought it would be really, it looks kind of fun. Something kids spooky, like Haunted Mansion, maybe something like that. Bombs, yeah, <laughs> that kind of thing. Or has anyone remembered a show, and I think it was late 80s, where it was called Friday the 13th, and it was yes. about relics. Yes. Okay. So, you know, why not Magic 8-Ball being like this uh, demonic uh, relic that has some sort of demonic, you know, um, 
infused abilities to it, similar to that that Friday the 13th show, which I loved, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. So, and uh, I'm thinking that it could go somewhere in that direction, maybe. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's a, there's a lot of opportunity there. Thank you, Tiffany, for sharing that. Sure. Moving on, you can go to Christine here, see how you're doing, and uh, what do you think? <laughs> well, um, looking at it from a kid's perspective, I think Thomas the Tank Engine would do really, really well because when my son was young, he was hugely into Thomas the Tank Engine. So I think that would do really good for a younger audience. That's some really good stuff there, too. I was also a big fan growing up of Thomas Tank Engine. I'm just like, granted, they have the Cars movies come out and those Planes movies came out, those uh, those mm-hmm. kind of Pixar arcades and stuff. So I, I'm curious just how, like, if you have a live action movie where Thomas the Tank Engine, I'm curious how you design that and not have the tank look, abs- the train look absolutely terrifying. <laughs> it would be a horror movie. Yeah. yeah. That I don't know. But yeah, um... a real scene with, a, with a real human face on it does sound horrifying. <laughs> kid friendly yeah yeah <laughs> but so I, maybe... I think that that could be huge for kids and i'm sure there's a way to make it you know friendly for the kids but yeah i, I think that would do really well all right christine brett and carl you guys are older ones in here did you guys watch the banana splits horror movie they remade they... yes <laughs> i did no i, I loved I it <laughs> carl did you watch it uh, I, I watched it. I bought it, but of course I haven't watched it. <laughs> I uh, thought it was bad. I didn't like it. It was it was not as bad, bad as not as bad as the Winnie the Pooh movie. I haven't <laughs> seen that yet. I didn't even give that. No. I haven't seen it. Don't no. waste your don't no, waste uh, your, it was awful. Don't waste your time. <laughs> no. It looked terrible. It was, I was supposed to be awful. Yeah, it was, yeah, it, was it did its job. <laughs> so excuses for being awful. <laughs> There's a difference between being awful and being awful. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, look at Lister. It seems, uh, I, I don't know if Laura successfully joined or not. She got the oh, muted icon good. in her skin there. So I don't know if she even is part of the group. So unfortunately, I'm going to skip over and hopefully not leaving her out or making it feel like she's not included. Are, Are you, you there, Laura? Please. There's a black screen there. And a black screen and it has a little red, uh, the muted icon on her um, screen there. So I guess like she didn't never successfully join. She might be able to hear us still all, for all I know. And it might not I've be I've seen Laura. this movie before. I think it was called Unfriended. Any <laughs> 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 of great things. Very exciting. I remember watching that. That was a pandemic movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there was, oh my gosh, where was that searching or whatever? That one kept, uh, no, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it sounds like that too. Pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. Okay. Well, yeah, man, I love everyone's take there. Um, I think I uh, I definitely understand the sentiment of like I think Masters of the Universe is probably the most prime property to be adapted to a live action film, where everyone can kind of see like how that could work as a big budget movie. Um, I think personally, um, oh, from what everyone, I can hear you, but here for support tonight. Oh, okay, so she can hear us, okay. but we. <laughs> But you can't speak. I can't tell if it's Laura or Dave, but hope hopefully it's both of them. I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, Laura or Dave. Oh, uh, Laura, Laura is Dave. Dave. Okay. It's Dave. Dave's been on okay. here before. So from this point forward, I'll refer to you as David. Then, Dave, um, Dave, you can you can type your answer if you want. Yeah, Dave. Yeah, if you can type your answer, and we'll go for that, and uh, I'll, I'll acknowledge it here on the stream. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to go ahead with my answer here too, though. I think I'm personally going to. 
I'm rooting for Rock'em Sock'em Robots to be a big budget film. I think that'd be great. I used to love they had a they had a PlayStation One video game that I've just game obsessed with about dismantling robots and taking their parts and putting them on yourself and becoming a better robot that could fight in the arenas and the idea of kind of a, a absolution there and like getting out like it's you know, it's gladiator but with robots and that's just an easy way to my heart. <laughs> And I think we could definitely do a big dumb movie with that concept alone. Um, I'd also be very curious to see um, maybe not PG 13, but in like a, like a strong PG way of trying to maybe take Barney some degree more seriously and not uh. exclusively for little kids. I think they could possibly <laughs> make a movie like that. Something on the, like the Pixar level of quality, I would love to see. Lyle, Lyle um, crocodile was really cute. Maybe if they did it that way. Yeah, something like, like that. that. I think it would be fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, or even like Paddington, the idea of doing Barney the Dinosaur, like Paddington. I think like if they went there, I would really love to see it. But I don't, in all honesty, though, I don't think they'd succeed. I think it'd be like the Clifford movie that no one saw. <laughs> uh, Kyle, for those of us that are parents and had children during that time frame. We don't want Barney. I never want to see that purple dinosaur ever again in any capacity. Oh, okay. That's, that's, that's my take, Brett. That's I didn't realize that. Else I how Never. many other people played Doom and had the Barney plug-in? <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> Go the horror movie route with it. Now that I might take a gander at. <laughs> the horror Barney movie. Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah, exactly. Oh, poor Barney. No love. <laughs> If it was weird, like I, I wonder if they would do a Hot Wheels movie. They might do actually like a Hot Wheels X Matchbox to have like a Hot Wheels versus Matchbox, and then yeah, make that could work. Brands that go against each other, yeah, <laughs> like trying to be Ford versus Ferrari, but make it Matchbox versus Hot Wheels. I think it'd be really cool. So maybe that yeah, could be- horror bar- yeah, horror Barney. You know, you get it to a point where he snaps. You mm-hmm. know, from all the crap that he's taken from parents. <laughs> You got tired of hearing his crap? <laughs> Baby Bebop, I don't care about your stupid yellow blankie. <laughs> it's just it's just a moment where like a, like a, a tune goes off and it just reminds Barney that he's a dinosaur and then it proceeds right. to be a Jurassic Park horror movie of him eating children. You know, just horrible, horrible, horrifying movie. Oh, hey, hey, look, you know, when they first announced the Barbie movie, I was like, are you kidding me? Seriously, a Barbie movie? This is going to be absolutely stupid. And they pulled it off. So my thought on this is yeah. if they do something with Barbie and make it successful, I am hopeful and optimistic on the concept that they're going to be able to pull off doing some of these very obscure magic eight ball viewfinder, you know, stuff like that, that, that maybe they're going to be able to do something on it. It's just creative writing, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They open up a whole new genre for sure. Absolutely. Oh, and, and I think that they, like he said, MCU it, Will Ferrell, Mattel, he's like the kingpin of all of, somehow they, he gets thrown in into kind of like a Stan Lee of all the different movies in some way. Somehow he gets incorporated as, oh crap, we got another Mattel product that's gone sideways and we got to figure out how how to get it under control you know like that evil kingpin that 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 links to all the movies what what about garbage pell kids versus cabbage patch dolls Ooh, i'd be down for that or or versus chucky somehow morphs into car the garbage pail kids you know 
you know. Uh, Talk about a movie that didn't age well. That garbage film movie is. <laughs> I just remember the cards. I thought the cards, yeah, maybe it's gar- uh, the Cabbage Patch Kids, and you know they're doing the production line, and you know how like when you're doing the production line for like uh, produce, you go, oh, yeah, this is a bad potato, this is a bad potato. Oh, they're doing that for the the Cabbage Patch Kids. <laughs> oh yeah, no, this one's terrible, this one's terrible, and those all those rejects become the Garbage Patch Kids. I think that'd be there's some good concept there. I'd be down for that, it's, right? That's a, a good underdog story, specifically. Right, absolutely. Yeah. You know, take and flip, yeah. flip it where you know. Yeah, I'm I'm googling some of these properties too and looking into like what they actually are. And the one thing I caught caught my eye is uh, the Major Matt Mason toy line, which is apparently about um, astronauts who live and work on the moon and do science stuff on there. So that could be a cool like almost like a if they made a good Buzz Lightyear film instead of that one terrible Pixar movie they released a couple years ago. I think that could be a good idea. That has like a Thunderbirds type marionette, something something kind of like in the vein of like classic 1960s (laughs) sci-fi film. And trying to reinterpret that for an like maybe an animated or even live action film, I think could be really cool. I would love to see something kind of like a like an like a sixty sci fi film, like kind of like that, but brought to a new age. I think could be really exciting. But um, yeah, I think that was some really good talks there about like what the potential of these Mattel properties are. Some are definitely stronger than others. I mean, I, I don't think anyone offered an idea of how the Uno movie could work, but we'll see how the Uno movie comes out. Hey, if they do an Uno movie, they have to do it where the waiter comes over, gives them the fat bill, and the kid slaps down it's the reversal. reversal. <laughs> you know, the yeah, the reverse card. <laughs> and the waiter waited for this moment his whole life, and he throws his reverse card back down. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's going like, to be like Yu-Gi-Oh, where they have them on their sleeve. and Yeah, like it's the most important part in the world. Everyone's Absolutely off, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they become like throwing cards and yeah. like gambit beheads people. Yeah, gam- right. Always <laughs> <laughs> the dark already twist. Part. It could be like a Highlander spin. There can only be. Uno. I, I, I feel Uno. like it would be everything down the direction of a horror movie. <laughs> Everything's got their spin. <laughs> and in the credits, you see the hand dangling a hand of cards, and he just pulls up a card. On the back, it says "Dose," and he just <laughs> the end question mark. <laughs> oh, so yeah, I think that's some uh, really good stuff there. I appreciate that all very much. Okay, I think that. That pretty much wraps up the first major question. And I'm going to go here to the second one going on right now, um, which is probably going to get whiplash from a dramatic tone theory. But um, moving on, um, of course, um, in the past two months, WGA has been a few months in their strike. The Writers Guild of America have been in their strike. And also, since we've done our last Real Talk, the Screen Actors Guild has also gone yeah. on strike. And now, um, basically, all active film productions have canceled for the exception of a few a24 films that got the uh, exempt pass to keep continue on um but in general um kind of like a general vibe from you all like do you think this strike will be successful for the wga and sag and um uh gosh i lost my train of thought at the moment the worst possible time there but um kind of like do you think how successful they'll be and um Gosh, there was a second part of that question I was going to ask, and it was going to be more meaningful. <laughs> and uh, boy, oh boy, <laughs> lost it there at the last possible second. Jeez. Um, uh, oh, gosh. Let's see here. I lost that here for a moment here, and I'm going to try and bring it back to my head. I'm going to reconjure the memories there and see if I get back on track there. Um, okay. Um, 
but in general, like, do you think it's a worthwhile pursuit they're going through right now, specifically like trying to make sure they get back new realm of getting residuals back and trying to prevent kind of AI in the filmmaking? Do you think the studios will be able to outlast them and then be able to kind of like change filmmaking? And like, how do you think this will change films going forward to whether they win or lose? Like, what do you expect to kind of see from films going forward? Because right now, AI is a big thing where they want to kind of like, you know, kind of like make automatic artificial intelligence generation films for scripts and TV and even like deep fakes for actors to reprise their roles indefinitely and have their likeness in perpetuity. And they're fighting against those things. But Amazon and Netflix and stuff like that are big companies that can definitely outlast them for a whole lot longer than a lot of actors and writers guild actors can necessarily hold out. So I think I'm going to push it over to Brett and get his kind of any like, do you think they'll succeed? And how do you think movies are going to look after um, the outcome win or lose? Brett, take it from me. Well, I think they'll actually succeed because if people want to watch movies and that's the only way they're going to be done, then, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. is, that all, is that all they're going after is just the AI? They don't want no more money or anything like that. They're just, it's just strictly because of the AI. I, I think and, they want closer guarantees. Uh, like like right now, only 10% of actors in the Screen Actors Guild actually qualify for the minimum amount of money made by residuals to qualify for health insurance and other kind of aspects like that, too. So it's a it's a huge deal they're going to going through, pushing for a whole lot of money um, that they've been entitled to for many years. I personally, I think we kind of all hope they succeed in getting what they, uh, what they deserve in terms of workers' rights and all those kind of things. Um, but it's a very, still a very big uphill struggle right now because like, you know, these companies can afford to wait them out where screen actors may not be able to afford that kind of thing like that. And even um, Bob Iker and a few other of the CEOs were kind of like saying like, that's essentially the plan to wait till October or even the year to say like, hey, when their houses are going to foreclosure, then they'll come to the table and they'll take the scraps we give them, you know, as a matter of power. And that's uh, disgusting, but still effective, unfortunately. So it's it's kind of interesting to see. And I'm curious, like, you know, um, like if they win, I think a lot of uh, movies have risk potential of going to Britain um, because a lot of films get made cheaper there. And we could see a bigger relation, uh, a, a reliance on computer animated movies, um, similar to like, you know, superhero stuff we have going on now and those big giant AI, you know, a, a lot of um, post um, computer generated effects, basically over actual like smaller class movies, like a 24 makes and those like smaller scale horror movies or drama in general, you know, not, you know, no more romantic comedies, just, you know, big screen superhero flicks and other dumb stuff like that. The next He-Man. <laughs> yeah, well, which can be well, its own right, but still not entertaining uh, to everyone. Well, well, don't all these actors have to give their permission and to to have their AI likeness used? Or I know, so, Bru- I knew, I know Bruce Willis just sold the rights to his likeness and mm-hmm. voice. So... so. The thing that um, is developing about that, what I find pretty interesting, you know, hopefully I'll be able to get everyone else too on this as well. I don't mean to just make it one my one show here, one man show. Uh, but um, they are asking a lot of ec- the a lot of the extras, the background characters, to essentially sell their likeness for a one time fee in perpetuity. Really, so it could be a case that like you know a lot of the actors that exist today, you know uh, like Matthew McConaughey, Leonardo DiCaprio, they're completely immune from this because they're never going to sell their likeness, you know, immediately for not some without some ungodly amount of money that would last their entire career to cover them. But for those initial actors who can't afford to say no, like let's say like Leonardo DiCaprio before he was in Titanic sold his rights for a thousand dollars before he did that then that studio would own the rights to his likeness in perpetuity. And they would have basically the rightness to use, you know, 17 year old Leonardo DiCaprio for all their movies going forward. And they could afford to play someone else to do his puppet master work. So he's not a star anymore. And essentially like, you know, 
all actors will be, you know, computer generated actors based off some guy's likeness who died 30 years ago or something like that. Um, the, um, gosh, the, uh, Rebel Without a Cause actor, if I remember his name. James um, Dean. James Dean. Thank James you. Dean. Thank you. I feel bad for getting names like that. He's such an iconic actor. But the idea, like every actor could be the digital James Dean, or uh, uh, not Christopher Lee, but uh, a Grand Mark Tarkin in Star Wars, and like that would be all movies going forward is a big concern for SAG and the WGA to a degree because they're kind of united on this front now. So I'm curious to see you know, what that. Yeah, was. there's there's a lot of stuff that goes into that, you know. A yeah, it's of- it's a, it's a complicated issue for sure. Yeah. For all we know, maybe actors might decide that they have or create a will where they say, you know, if for some reason I have, you know, my life kits cut short uh, or I get a debilitating disease that prevents me from being able to act, uh, that I will give permission to sell my likeness to, you know, wherever. I yeah. think that's basically what Bruce Willis did. Right. And, and it's perfect. And, and, you know, another example would be Michael J. Fox as well um and uh selma blair you know you know these individuals who have um just developed incapacitating diseases that and and mental abilities that 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 are preventing them from being able to to further on their career with the movie business like if christopher reeve had access to this option necessarily to have his exactly exactly right you know like would he choose to say yes and like is that a you know and is that worthwhile for those actors? And like, but is it also is it okay for studios for to demand that of them? As like, oh hey, like if yeah, like, you know, we don't want to pay you residuals anymore. We'll just pay for your likeness one time, then use you for the rest of your life. I need the rest of the work, rest of time to be Superman forever, you know. And also that denies the opportunity for any future actors too to take those roles to a degree too. Because like if they if we own Christopher Reeves, you know, back from back from the seventies in perpetuity, we'd still be using him today for the most part. But because we have to go out because you know Warner Brothers go out and get the rights every single time. That's the reason we actually recast new actors and give them new opportunities to do new likenesses. So it's a, it's a double edged sword, I think, going forward. Or or they can lease out the likeness, you know, like his estate could say, hey, yeah, Christopher Reeves' estate could say, yeah, hey, we'll lease your his likeness for this kind of amount, you know, his son's yeah. still alive, you know. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really curious to see that. Yeah, yeah. Do you think, um, Jeremy? Do you think the Jeremiah? Do you think they'll succeed and hopefully in their strike and hopefully kind of? I like, hope they do. Around? I hope they do, and here's why. Because um, personally, I've been with uh, a large telecommunications company for 16 years. I am a union worker, and I have many times seen and been put in the position where. Um, the mindset that's being played out right now where they wait out the workers to the point where they cannot financially be able to continue forward and have to take what's being offered is a very evil concept. And it is a very unfair concept. And I don't know the exact specifics with what's been going on with the Writers Guild as far as what has been agreed upon with these um, low-level actors and writers, but I have a feeling that what agreements they have had is pre-streaming. So a lot of these residuals that these guys are seeing uh, are, there's loopholes with the whole streaming concept that they're not getting what they should be getting as a result of streaming becoming so big and so popular mm-hmm. that I feel that these guys have had enough of the fact that these loopholes are being exploited by these companies. And I really hope that these A-lister actors who do have deep pockets are willing to help 
fund and keep afloat these low-level actors who will not go into foreclosure if they get the assistance that they need and that they all come together with the camaraderie needed to fight back against these guys and have these um, multi-billionaire CEOs realize that we cannot be bullied um, and we actually can stand our ground. And I think what really helps a lot with these guys is the fact that they have so much media attention because people like me, we didn't get that media attention for when we needed to go on strike. We did not get the coverage that these guys are getting and that they are getting such worldwide coverage is going to be very helpful to help them gain the ground that they need to be able to be successful. And Bob Iger saying what he said is not going to make anyone like you or me and everyone else who is watching this want to really side with these companies and we're going to more side with, you know, the writers and these low level actors. Awesome. Jeremiah, I think that was very well important. I, and of course, I can't, I can't tend to be neutral on this. We're definitely, you know, it's very, you know, it, I think it's, I think it's actually easy and very promising to say, like, of course, we're on the side of the workers on this scenario for the most of us. Like, you know, if we disagree, we disagree, we can go down the list forward. But I believe that, yeah, um, collective action really kind of raises all boats for all workers. And like, you know, seeing SAG and WGA succeed, seeing the Teamsters succeed, as they most recently did in their contract negotiations, all imp- only improves unions and labor actions for all workers, not just themselves. So I, I think that's a very good for them as well. So I, I hope they succeed as well. But we'll keep going forward here. Um, Carl, um, what do you kind of think of their chance of success is? And how do you think that will probably change films going forward? What kind of new films you might kind of see because of the result of the strike? Well, I don't think the A-list actors are going to support anybody, in my opinion. The majority of them. Just because Hollywood in general is pretty greedy. Not mm-hmm. just the studios, but a lot of these A-list actors are as well, because a lot of them are the producers and put a lot of the money up. So I don't know that they're going to help the lower grade actors. I don't see that happening. It would be nice, but that's not how things go. Um, I think um, my concern is more with the AI as far as writing the scripts and stuff. I think that's I, I see the writer's issue a little bit more than the actor's. Now, I do understand the streaming. They need to get that straight so people are getting paid. Um, but I do think the writers have a very big concern with AI, like writing an entire movie up, and then we no longer have screenwriters. It's all done with the AI. Yeah. And I know I mean, yeah, it, just hiring a writer to like edit an AI generated work instead of writing their own work. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah. yeah it's terrible. I could see that as being an issue going forward. So I hope the writers <laughs> can get somewhere with this. Um, I know we've talked in past episodes about the whole, you know, bringing Christopher Lee or Peter Cushing back to life. And I do think in the future that the um, individual people should have the right to say yes or no or their families, their estates at least. So, um, I, I, you know, I think we said before that was kind of cool seeing um, Tarkin come back and his um, estate was on board with that. So. I you, know, you start you start bringing people back from the dead that have you know I, I don't know that I care for that if they don't agree to it or their family doesn't agree to it. So that's sort of my take on the whole thing. I wish the A-list actors would do more, but I in the end I don't think most of them will. I, I think a lot of them are like politicians. Honestly, they're going to say yeah. the right thing and and do the complete opposite. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, say the yeah, say the gratuities of like always supporting workers, but in the back door is just being self-serving as usual. I, yes, I, I I'm afraid kind of, so. It, not it's all a of pessimistic, them, but I also completely understand where you're coming from. Yeah, not mind. all of them, but I think a majority of the A-listers <laughs> probably maybe so. Staying mum the word, trying to be sweet in this information when like they have a career clear side to be on. I I I I didn't think about that aspect of it. And yeah, believe- that that's my thought on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Carl, I'm definitely hoping those writers get you know the, that AI stuff is is bothersome to me. I I I, I totally agree with you. And I see what you mean there. Well, Carl, thank you very much for that take. Tanya, yeah. moving on to you. What do you think yeah. overall about it? Um, I mean, I agree with Jeremiah a lot. Um, I'm a server. I've been a server for 26 years. <laughs> I don't have health insurance. I haven't had it. Nobody's there to fight for us to get it. We still make two thirteen an hour. Twenty six years later, so like, I, I would really, really like to see people standing up for the lower level that put in all the work, but don't get millions of dollars um don't get their names out there nobody knows you know some of these indie film stars um so but at the same time the whole ia or the ai thing um i there's there's something like lost in the for me, the personal aspect. The meaning is lost behind it. Like they know the structure of the sentence, but the meaning behind it is completely arbitrary to a computer. I, oh, I give you mean there. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Human touch. I I just I don't you know I I don't know. It's it's a it's, icky. it's a it's weird icky. topic. It's a weird question to be posed. Would I watch somebody knowing that it's not them, but the face is the same? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know or, what I mean? Like someone, yeah. Or, or that someone's basically like, you know, they film a real actor, but he's essentially doing a puppet of, an, uh, a puppet of another actor's face as a role. And we never know who the puppet yeah. really is in that case. Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, to an extent grotesque and to, to me personally uh, even the case of like the, the grand mark Tarkin actor peter cushing uh i appreciate uh, great Cushing, yeah um you know it's like i feel like you're also denying that opportunity for another actor to take on that role and that um kind of experience and that feels you know like although i understand the promise of nostalgia is always kind of rewarding to viewers and fans but same time denying those opportunities for future people to take over and express themselves in a unique way is um tragic in my opinion so I give you what you mean there. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I agree with you entirely. I think like, you know, uh, like, so, especially for servers, you know, that they have been so unre- unrepresented, unrep- unrepresented in, in labor movements. And that is tragic in itself, especially in terms of minimum wage and being denied that because their servers and rely on tips and how uh, COVID hit service industry probably harder than any other industry going forward. And they're afraid to raise prices for those kind of reasons where it's uh, incredibly unfortunate. And uh, I think the labor movement needs to 
the, this kind of overall labor movement needs to address that in a big way that actually brings it forward and helps it be a sustainable market that rewards workers for their labor. You know, that not be, you know, not to be communist or capitalist about it, but just like in the best way possible to make sure the people that work hard, you know, get what they deserve is what's most important at the end of the day. So I, I completely, I sympathize with your plight because it's, it's a lot. Yeah. But thank you so much for that opinion there. I really appreciate it. Moving on here. Let's go to Jimbo. Jimbo, let's get your overall thoughts on the matter. All right, I've got a, a lot of different thoughts, so hang tight. Okay. Um, first of all, does anybody know for the Screen Actors Guild, is every actor a part of that, or is it something they have to join, pay dues, and all that? It's more of a matter of, like, if you're on a film, you kind of have to join, um, as a matter of fact. So it, it does have, I believe, over 300,000 members, technically. So well, technically, like, the CEO of Activision is a SAG member because he appeared on that one uh, Green Green Greenland movie or whatever it was called, the money movie. You've um, got to remember, back in the 30s, 40s, 50s, probably even part of the 60s, actors were on contracts to studios. There, It wasn't, uh, I can go work where I want, when I want. They would have to make trades, say, hey, you can borrow... Um, Judy Garland, but you got to let us borrow Cary Grant for four movies or whatever. Yeah. Uh, there were shady deals going on back then and some of the ways they, uh, even in The Wizard of Oz, which that was our first episode we ever did, Judy Garland was only getting, I think, what was it, $200 a, a week and totem yeah. getting 100 I mean, mm-hmm. the dog was almost getting the paid same amount as Judy Garland, the star of the show. Um, so, so the discrepancy has been there for a long time. The last time there was the writers were part of the strike, I will never forget it because one of the greatest TV shows of all time, Lost, was had me had me by the grips for seasons one through three, I believe. And then by the time season four came around, they had that strike and it kind of lost its kind of lost its flair for me. And it started getting really weird. And I don't know if that's because they were in a rush to get so many more scripts out that they kind of got lost themselves and kind of lost what they were doing. Um, so they need to take that for like, especially like the shows out now that are like, let's say, we'll just take like from that's on Amazon prime or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's in, it's in season three or getting ready for season three. How is that going to affect your audience going forward? Um, any other shows that are like season three, season four, right? There is the tipping point where it's either going to go really good for you or it can go the way of loss where it just starts going really bad. It's a good visit. Yeah, like it's also the fact, like the the new Lord of the Rings season two show is actually right. proceeding forward with their filming. Um, well, uh, sorry, I, actually I don't know the state of their production right now, but I know they were proceeding forward when just the WGA is on strike. I don't know if they're proceeding now that SAG is on strike too, but I know they were pushing forward with WGA and that, like once again, like mimicking the 2008 strikes could did irreparable harm to think the loss as a series and it right. could do irreparable harm to a lot of shows now. And now both strikes going on too. One thing we have Man. to look we have to look for right now is like. You know, whether this strike lasts six months, or 18 months, or even, you know, two to three years, even, um, right. there's going to be a lot of costs kind of immediately of like, you know, films are going to get delayed. Uh, films are already being delayed, like right. Beyond the Spider-Verse um, Part 3 or whatever. That's being delayed indefinitely. A bunch of other superhero well, movies are being delayed, uh, like, two or three Ryan, months. Ryan Reynolds and uh, they stopped Deadpool 3 production. They walked Hopefully off the with that as well. Yeah. But the AI in movies. Do you remember, Carl? I'll talk to you. Do you remember how you felt? And the Mandalorian season two ending, when you seen that X-Wing pull up and you seen Luke Skywalker come out of there and come down that hallway. Definitely. I flipped out. 
If that would have been another actor, it would not have had as much meaning to us as our generation. Amazing, right? If this AI stuff can give me more Luke Skywalker, more Indiana Jones, more Star Wars, I'm all for it. I agree, and if the actor agrees, I like it too. As the estate, like as long as the estate and the actor agrees, we're on on board 100. Planning to do a whole James Dean movie where James Dean, his likeness is in the whole movie. The whole character is nothing but artificial intelligence. I'm a little curious if that movie ever be made though. Because we were talking I about I don't that. know, I but I mean that's that's to talk about it. Um mm-hmm. and if there was a there was a movie, I think it was called uh Simone, and I believe it was Al Pacino. I believe it was Al Pacino and he had made up this woman where she was nothing but somebody on a screen. She wasn't real. And he, and he was worried about how is she going to accept this award because she was really popular and she was going to have to go accept this award in front of a live audience. And everybody's like, aha, we're going to get him now. I won't spoil it for you. It's a good movie. You need to check it out. Great but movie. if if those that new Indiana Jones movie, um, no, spo- I'm not I'll try not to do a spoiler here. But the beginning of that movie took me back to when I was a kid. Seeing me too. One hundred percent. Jones. Absolutely. Yeah, he, like that, it made it all worthwhile for me. And if I can get more of that, I will be happy. And now we knew we know Harrison know Ford was right. on board with that too, so that I makes know. it you know absolutely, absolutely. As many Indiana Jones movies as you want, I'm all for it. Um, same way with the new um, uh, Flash movie. Uh, the cameos in that, I don't know what they had to do to get all those uh, rights and all that, or if they just took them because they were the property of DC. But um, for those of you that haven't heard this, plug your ears or fast forward for a few seconds. But when you – oh, sorry, Jeremiah. <laughs> but, I haven't seen it yet. I've heard there's cameos. When you, see, when you see Christopher Reeve step out, when you see the original Supergirl step out, when you see Adam West, when you hear the Joker's voice, when you see George Reeve's Superman, that just does something to you because those are people that are gone – but the memories that live in your mind forever. And if I can get more of those in my life while I'm alive, I'm all for it. Now, when when I die and Kyle dies, if they want me to sign something where they can keep the tragedy of cinema going with AI forever, let's do it because I I wouldn't mind it. But for me, I don't have a problem with the AI. The writers I do have a problem with because – you can do that chat GPT and get anything you want. If I had chat GPT in high school, I would have been valedictorian. Let's face it. If if, if we had that access, all of us would have been, you know, even Brett would have graduated. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right, Brett. But, but, but I'm just saying, um, if, if if that AI can give me more of what I like in movies, um, if you can bring back Cary Grant, um, if you can bring back, mm-hmm. you know, Red Butler and all that, you know, from Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Audrey Hepburn, you know, Elvis. Audrey. Elvis it, just, it just keeps their legacy going and it, it immortalizes them, you know, and Michael Jackson. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you, if you look, look at all the holograms they've used in music videos. Now, I know uh, Brett and Carl mm-hmm. talked about uh, Ronnie James Dio or whatever. in one of their episodes about where his wife was going to use the hologram or they didn't use the hologram in that movie or whatever. Um but you know, you 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 see that where like uh, I just saw the TikTok video or whatever where the guy sits down on like this couch and his hologram hands him something. I can't remember who it was. You know the stuff they could do, movie magic. 
let me still be a kid. Let me have this stuff. I would love it, but I've rambled on long enough. I want to get other people's opinions, but those are just my personal feelings about it. So, all right, yeah, Jimbo, I value your opinion on that too. I don't know if I, 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 I might have some pushback a little bit later, but like I understand your opinion there, and uh, I, I want to know. I have you, you got a chance to air it out. So, thank you very much. And moving forward, let's go on to Patrick and let's get Patrick's thoughts on the strike and movie rights going forward. So, Patrick, what do you think? I think Bob Iger is a moron. <laughs> Agree. He comes out and he's crying poor. You've got all these uh, these little actors making less than twenty six thousand a year, and here's a guy that made one hundred and seventy five million last year. Sounds familiar, don't it, Patrick? From our workforce, and Kyle used to work there too. So, yeah. I think Bob Iger exactly. makes like ninety thousand dollars an hour. Do I think the strike is going to succeed? Absolutely. And Jimbo brought up the the last strike that they had the screen actors had it messed up television for years. Now you've got studio heads and you've got network execs that are like, okay, we can do this now, but it's going to bite us and they all know it. Okay. So do I think they, that these writers and these actors are going to get paid? Absolutely. They know it. They know they have to, because right now you're not making anything. There's no television in production. There's very few movies in production. Well, what happens when you're not making anything? You're not going to, you've got nothing to bring to the people. You're not going to be making money down the road. You know, it's especially for shareholders too. shareholders in your company that you've promised. We're going to hit this X amount of dollar, you know, for your stock or whatever. And all the streaming services too. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because they make their own content. So they're going to have to get in line with everybody else and they got to figure it out. But when people aren't working, uh, your subscriptions are going to go down because you don't have new content. Exactly right. People aren't going to movies because, oh, look, there's no movies in production right now. So you're going to hit a lull where you're going to have nothing coming to the screen. You're not going to have new television out you're not going to have okay people are going to find other things to do and they will move on another form of entertainment yeah i mean as it but as it pertains to ai it's just another tool yeah it's it's the it's an upgrade of cgi okay i thought the flash i thought indiana jones i thought you know what they did with star wars I thought, you know, okay, they did that thing with Rogue One with Tarkin. Uh, you and knew there Leia. were going to be, yeah, with Leia too. I mean, you knew there were going to be issues down the road. Yeah. You did something that you've never done before. Yippee. Okay. Now it's a problem. They created this Frankenstein. Okay. I thought the Flash was fantastic. I thought the new Indiana Jones was damn near perfect okay but it's just a tool i mean you can't rely on it you actually need the 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 bodies in there to do the work Mm -hmm. so scripts written by ai i don't think long term i don't think that's an answer i mean you not that not that writers rooms have done anything spectacular in the last 30 years anyway but okay but you need the people in the room, and the only way you're going to get people in the room is you got to pay them. 
And bottom line, it's it's all about money. And these networks and these studios, they they're gonna have to pay up and they know it. No, I understand. And no. putting a guy like Bob Iger out there saying, you know, he's he's crying poor while not paying people. People hear that. People, you know, public people, you know, who are in unions or, you know, mm. who know this kind of, you know, rhetoric from these guys. They know they're full of garbage. So it doesn't help him every time he opens his mouth. Yeah. yeah. So eventually over long run, I think, I think the strikes are going to be successful. Good. Okay. Well, thank you, Patrick. I really appreciate that. And I, I, I see a lot of your point there too. And uh, I, I agree with you. Like, you know, there's a lot of tool sets that also kind of like fall under the purview of like AI that are incredibly useful and no one debates whether or not they should be used. And ideally this, this too is a tool set that can't replace workers, but it can be a way of, you know, expediting ideas or iterations that can be used in future productions that could, you know, purposely actually, you know, make things overall a better product or a smoother selling production, hopefully. And if they, you know, sure. you want to keep those aspects while simultaneously not like trying to, you know, uh, you know, minimize the workers contribution in that case. So I, I think as long as the workers get some kind of a credit in the movie though, I mm-hmm. think you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's, it's delicate. I think there's still a whole lot of things to be worked out because it is so new still, you know, and I think it's really, uh, it's it's once again not with eyes towards the future when uh, Bob Iger and other studios are treating it like a uh, a solve all button for what they do for production going forward. I think that's really uh it's not uh it's not smart. It's just really dumb to think like AI will solve all their problems going forward. And that seems to be the way they're trying to they're trying to cheat it. They're trying to treat it as and specifically in these negotiation times. So I, I see what you're putting down there. And Actually I appreciate profits that. for minimal effort. Yeah. That, no, seriously, that's that's their frame of mind. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And in general, like just, you know, all workers are treated as, you know, soft assets to always be like trying driven down and haggled down on their price to, you know, pay to get inform them. Well, you know, you know, the cost of steel, you know, always goes by demand and stuff like that too. But, uh, but a worker can, can always haggle with a worker to make them, you know, work for less. And, uh, that's the thing that these studios are really trying to push right now. And hopefully we finally push back in a meaningful way. But, um, yeah, that's a, that's a really good opinion there, Patrick. I really appreciate hearing from you in there. And, uh, I think we're ready to move on here. So Tiffany Kins. What are your thoughts? Do you think of the studios, uh, SAG's possible success during this strike? And what do you think we'll see from films going forward, win or lose from them? Um, I'm going to be completely honest. I am not as well-versed in all this and how it works as you guys are. But I honestly just hope that the people that are being cheated get what they're due. Um, I know that's a very generic, generic way of saying it. But it's the simplest way that my little brain can put it together. Um, <laughs> yourself down. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> as far as as far as the AI goes, kind of like going off what James and the rest of you guys were saying, you know, in examples of I did not see the new flash, but how he was saying it was used in the flash. I think if they're gonna use it, that's how they should use it. I don't think that they should use it as a full beginning to end movie because you're cheating people out of work and um if they use it sporadically and they use it well but don't make the entire movie about that they use it as that pop of nostalgia or whatever they want to call it then i think that would be fantastic but if they're going to try to plan on full movies like that that's not cool (laughs) 
I agree. Awesome. Cool. Well, Brent, thank you. Very good. You know, that, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. You got us, you got us on the heart of the issue there. Like you hope workers get what they're due. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Very level. You know, we don't have to dive in all the details. Like this is like, you know, forward to positivity. Like we want workers to get what they're, what they're owed yeah. at the end of the day, you know, um, I was reading, I was like some of those pictures that are coming up on Facebook and things like that of these people posting their checks that have worked on shows for years and years and years. And they're posting $0.00 checks mm-hmm. that they've gotten on like, shows that are and i know there's always exceptions i can see kyle's clock turning i know there's always exceptions but at the same time like that's bs i don't think that that's right and i hope that they come up to something that will alleviate that and prevent that in the future well a lot of them a lot of them didn't get any uh they didn't know that syndication was going to be a thing where it was going to be shown 30 years either so like i said there's always exceptions still crazy (laughs) I mean, that's just ridiculous, especially some of the I don't I don't remember names offhand, but like just some of the ones that I've seen is just kind of sad that they did that for years and years. And literally like now when they're older, when they're not getting as much work and they kind of need that little bit of extra mm-hmm. something, it's yeah. not there, whether it was for their choice or not. I don't know. I don't know how else yeah. to explain it. <laughs> there was one specific example that kind of struck me like and, and he's not struggling to that to a meaningful yeah. degree, do I know? But I remember the um Sean Gunn, James Gunn's younger brother, uh yeah. he was on the Gilmore Girls show for more than a few like over like 140 episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He says that, you know, like, you know, of course originally starting that show, his residuals are based on TV syndication and got paid well for that. But since going to Netflix, he got basically like only like a few thousand dollars for the entirety it's been on netflix that's that loophole that i was telling you about when it came to streaming services they found loopholes in the contracts for doing residuals because streaming wasn't a concept when these shows were being filmed and were were being created and so that's why i support that they try to close these loopholes yeah yeah because i think the revelation is like you like you can't actually you can't actually run Hollywood off Netflix charging $10 a month for every movie in the world. You know, that's just not an actual a value proposition that is sustainable, you know? So like, you know, uh, you know, I think we actually will see in the future there, other streaming services will have to adjust their pricing accordingly and also think about residuals going forward in a, in a more um, substantial way. And uh, hopefully they'll, you know, once again, hopefully they'll work that, that out. Yeah. That whole but, streaming issue goes into the music industry as well. I know yeah. a lot of musicians. Spotify, absolutely. Yeah. Like, With Spotify. Dying. I all artistic yeah. Videos too, you know, yeah, even like basic art yeah. and uh, video games too. Like video games, of course, you know, very much don't have unions basically at all, and don't see anything in the way of really residuals and that kind of matter too. Which is hopefully a movement that I hope they'll see in the future and of game design stuff like that too, as it becomes an increasingly important part of all entertainment industry. So yeah, it's a it's a you know a lot of complex issues to think about and worth and worth addressing, worth addressing absolutely because it's important matters. But yeah, Tiffany, I really appreciate that opinion there, and we can move on forward. To last but not least, we got Christine. Christine, <laughs> yeah. what do you think about the odds of SAGs and WGA strike success, and what do you think movies will be looking at, win or lose? <laughs> you know. Oh boy! Well, um, big question. I, I certainly, I really support their their strike, and I, I think they'll be successful because if they don't work, everything kind of grinds to a halt. Mm-hmm. So I think if they're able to stick it out the studios are going to have to work with them i mean really they they have to and i think um the the biggest thing for them is getting into in their contracts is um what they want out of ai 
I think that's really the key is um, their, their demands for AI really, yeah. I, I think is key is they have to be in control of, um, of their own uh, destiny as far as AI is concerned and how they want it used for their, uh, for their future. And as far as movies, movies using AI for um, actors that have already passed, I think it should be up to the estates of, of those actors. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. pretty, pretty simplistic. Uh, yeah no i i totally get what you're saying there and once again like you know it's just you know the very basic level yeah they need to like sort out what kind of ai is i'm very skeptical like you know even like worst case scenario sag you know has to resonate and dbg have to resonate and basically give the studios everything they want i think like if studios really tried to do ai filmmaking i think they would just fall flat on their face quality wise i think it would be a yeah, i don't think you can do a whole movie yeah. based on ai you have to have actors do some yeah. some of the stuff yeah it, just, you have to have actors movie that almost makes sense moment to moment and just never quite gets there in a way that feels real and i don't think there's any level of like ai or you know people say ai even though it's, it's really just a language predicting model all it really is which is still different uh and it's like it's like you're not actually going to get there to the real part of the the meat of a story and the real kind of symbology like that you know treating it as like a canned product you can just put on an assembly line is just not going to work and you know it didn't work back in the yeah. 20s and you know like like jimbo said like the original contracts with, with uh, actors that way just it's just not going to work forward yeah i think uh yeah so i really value that um i guess like my kind of final thoughts on uh, my final farts on that yeah thoughts you know, thoughts more basically your farts <laughs> is i think i Big think farts <laughs> i think sag and wge i think are going to have a um i think they're going to have a real strong success but maybe only on paper in many ways because i think uh it kind of well, not I, I got to be more about the teamsters right now, but I think they're probably good get a really good um contract. But I also wouldn't be surprised if these studios start moving more of their jobs overseas, um, specifically mm. and try and um um abuse the kind of the um the labor markets in there because they don't have the same kind of uh union rights or New Zealand or something like that too, where the unions uh, just aren't there in the first place, or they have much more um specific um worker rights that are you know a lot easier to abuse back there. Um I've even um reports of studios executives calling great britain the white mexico which is problematic oh, on geez. a huge number of levels in terms of abusing workers and racism <laughs> yeah racist much yeah yeah it's just incredibly poor uh poorly worded there um but the idea that they uh, they could actually probably you know shrink hollywood overall and only have a few people get you know better um work your you know better working rights in there like if you're part of the union you got it good but everyone else is kind of out unfortunately i could see that being the case and uh, if they do succeed well, though, I think we might see a lot of films that um, stop relying on CG as much. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe the superhero genre that's become so ever popular right now might take a bit of a, a more of a backseat in the whole industry. And we might see more films coming back from a more wider range of genres, hopefully going forward. And I think that could actually be really healthy for a lot of storytellers overall, you know, because you get more like noir comedy stories or, you know, like different stories in general that kind of go different places that aren't just exclusive to like, you know, limited Netflix deals or like, you know, prestige directors doing the one thing they like. And then that's kind of all they get for opportunity wise. So that could widen things up in a way that I could really appreciate. 
but it could also go, you know, bad in a way that we'll see how it goes. But I'm very curious to see it. Um, I'm still skeptical, but I'm curious to see how it go. And I bet, you know, I think optimistically, like this strike will probably be over by the end of the year uh, at the most optimistic kind of rate. Uh, But I could easily see it going on for another, you know, 12, 18 months, even two years before they finally nail it down in a way. And that could be Mm. huge impact on the opportunity on the entertainment we enjoy today. You know, shows getting their seasons canceled or entire shows get canceled altogether. Um, movie projects get dropped altogether. I could see that being the case. So, got to prepare for that on an entertainment level from a selfish entertainment level. It's like we might start reading actual books. Yeah, we got to get to books. It also brings up an interesting concept too, because a lot of video games nowadays are are also got some of these actors who are doing, uh, you know, the um, kind of like what uh, Andy Serkis was doing, where they do the 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 dots and yeah, yeah, exactly. So it makes you wonder if um, any of that is has any tie into what's currently going on, and if not. Why not during the time, because it's not really considered scabbing or crossing the picket line, moving over into some of that content and doing that while this is getting sorted out? Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because like at the same time, though, it's just like, you know, like, is it is it is it is it considered scab work? Let's say you're like you're working for an Amazon TV show and like to support your union, you're not working for the Amazon TV show, but then you go right along and then you work for the Amazon t- video game they're making next door. You're still working for the same company, still making the money and that can still be considered scab work in a way too. So it's like, it's it, kind it, of, it, it's, it's interesting, support. right? It does yeah. bring in an interesting concept and, and a question on that regard. So I, on, on those kind of like specifics, I guess you just have to go by the union guidelines and that kind of scenario too. Even right. covering these on a podcast here, there's right. guidelines they put out even for us in terms of cosplay and also podcasts that like I'm interested to more read about how we can more ethically cover movies and stuff like that. And the news we're covering right now in that case, because yeah. the movies them obviously. But it's a, here's a, one a, little quick thing that I heard that uh, no Dwayne part. Johnson and John Cena might be going back to the WWE since there's a strike. Yeah, wow. yeah. Hey. I thought that was so sort of funny. <laughs> but, but, but isn't that crazy wow. that the writers for WWE isn't part of the Screen Actors Guild? Oh yeah, yeah. Vince McMahon yeah. would never allow a union. I know. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, he, he's, he's a huge anti-union guy and paid him for it, you know, um, but that's just the way it is. But, um, yeah, those were, um, I really only had those two, you know, major kind of question points. And I love you guys' answers on all of them. It really kind of, it built up a lot more time than I thought we'd be able to cover. Hey, Kyle, I appreciate that. Kyle, I yeah. would just like to be the first to say, I think you did an excellent job tonight as the moderator. Um, I think you really took a step forward. You put your big boy pants on, even with hey, the preparation you boy, had. Man. Um, with your power going out and everything, I just want to say thank you for your your questions. Very thought provoking. Um, yeah, they were tough. Yeah, so, they weren't as actually easy very, very good, good questions. You did very good, Kyle. Very I, me and Jimbo were texting. I'm like, he's doing <laughs> such a great job. I'm so proud of you. Did great. Yeah. So Carl's got big shoes to fill next time. <laughs> I know. I, 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 I greatly appreciate your compliments. Hey, don't worry. You. And then we'll go to Brett and everything. All be forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be, be one big cluster. Poor Bubba. Uh, I know it's starting to get late. We've been on here a while. How long has it been, Brett? Oh, like an, an hour. A little, 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 little over an hour. Hour and a half, right. maybe. So, yeah. It's 11.24 here. I was to say, it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. almost, yeah, I guess, Jimbo, I'd love to pass the reins to you and see if we can yeah. get this closed out on your end. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, like I said, we are the Tragedy Cinema, me and Kyle. Um, Jeremiah, I'd like to say thank you for coming on tonight. And Tanya, uh, you guys are first timers, but it was awesome to hear you guys, um, 
your points. And hopefully you'll join us in the future when we have these. Um, we do it at least once a month. Um, the first couple of roll talks we did, the reason we started doing it like this is because Brett joined us for the Planet of the Apes. I think this is like our fifth one we did, a third or fourth one, something like that, fourth, I think, uh, as a coll collab. Um, so you need to go back and listen to those. You can skip to those because I had some really tough questions. We had a, a final, uh, like a, a March Madness bracket for um, what was theme it? songs. Uh, was it theme songs? Theme, we did theme songs, but before yeah. that, uh, TV World's show. Nicest Person. Uh, yeah, the yeah, World's yeah, Nicest yeah, Person. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> the World's Nicest Person. And, and didn't Mr. Rogers win? Mr. Yeah, Rogers. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that, but that was fun. Um, so I think we're going to uh, close this out. So, Brett, if you want to go around, um, if everybody wants to go around in the order, of, and Kyle, I'll just go at the end and, and close it out. So, everybody just go around and introduce yourself tell us where you're from and if you got a podcast you got anything you're promoting any biz small businesses um anything like that so go ahead brett i'm brett with the evil never dies podcast and count karabi's yard haunt fort worth texas who's next jeremiah i'm in california northern california um Loved movies my whole life. Um, I I play a variety of video games. Uh, I watch a variety of movies, listen to a variety of music. Um, really down to earth, and um, I just like meeting new people. And I'm very <laughs> small. You made a great introduction, Jeremiah. You have <laughs> Carl. All right, Carl Todd, and actually CarlTodd.com is updated. And we'll give you links to the Evil Never Dies podcast. Uh, and our YouTube show, as well as the Count Karabi Museum Haunted House. Yeah, so check it Jimbo. out. Yeah, skip over Jimbo. Let's go to Patrick. I'm Patrick from Cleveland, Ohio. And I just watch a lot of movies. <laughs> he <laughs> says every time. I just watch a lot of movies. <laughs> Tiffany. I am Tiffany from Western PA, and I am just perpetually tired anymore. So Sorry. that's kind of what's going on. <laughs> Christine. I'm Christy from the Central Coast in California. And I'm just a big fan of Carl and Bubba's podcast and James and Kyle's contact podcast and um and everybody on the show. We love having you on these real talks. And that's David uh, thank Martin. You, thank you. Uh, next one's David Martin. He's he can't really say anything, but he's one of my best friends for a long time. So uh, I met him at my very first job back at Burger King way back when I was like a junior in high school. So that's how long we've been friends. So thanks yeah. for coming today. Maybe next time you can bring your face on here. Yeah. And we also appreciated Tanya who's on here, but I forgot yeah. to drop out there. Yeah. She lost. She texted me and said her phone shut off. So, uh, yeah. well, uh, well, if you can send her a text, we, we really yeah. appreciated having her on. And I really appreciated her answers there too. So she was a great addition to there as well. Hope her have again, have her on again sometime. But with that, I think we're ready to give it to a wrap and a close. So I'm going to pass it off to Jimbo. All right. Well, like I close every podcast that we do, I think this episode's coming to a close. And that's a wrap. And, and cut.